And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaco Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Berra. Michele, what's up? Well, it's good to be back on our normal time. It yeah. feels like, yeah, feels being back and, hey, the season is almost but not really coming. So Yeah, so yeah. we've got this week, next week, and then training camp starts October 2nd. So we're almost there. We are almost there. I We're, we're still in this like weird in-between phase where I think it's too early to like truly do preview content because... A lot of people are still focused on college football and the NFL just started. And so if we start preview content now, one, we don't have a lot of context because we're going to gain a ton of context come October 2nd and then through training camp that we didn't have before. So it's a little foolish to start our preview content today. So we are not doing that. So we're going to still kind of look back and we are going to give grades for all of Sam Presti's rebuild draft picks and stuff that he did in the draft. So, McKelly and I, if you if you don't know, if you haven't been listening to us, maybe this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to our show. And two, McKelly and I love the draft. We are obsessed with the draft. And yeah. we, um, that's just the way that we operate. So, um, okay. Before we get started, last Tuesday... Some news dropped about the uh, Thunder Arena. There's still a lot of things that are unclear about it. Um, some of some of it is that it still has to be voted on by the city council. Mm-hmm. That's going to be taken to city council uh, here in like a week or so, I believe. And then once it's approved, then it will go to a vote on December 12th. So... McKelly, you don't live in Oklahoma City, but you have probably seen a lot of the chatter that's gone on about the arena. Do you have any any takeaways, any thoughts? Um, yes and no. I mean, yes, because I obviously am following uh, since it's basically I'm not from Oklahoma, but I, I, I kind of feel I'm adopted somehow. And so it's kind of my city too. Uh, even if I don't vote, I'm not close enough to vote or to be uh, really appreciative of how much OKC changed 
the, the city in general. Um, I lived a very similar situation on my city where an arena has to be made in order to go from basically the second league in Italy to the first one because, I mean, the numbers of people that were in attendance had to grow. And the city made the same decision and without any commitment from, from the ownership, without any money. Uh, it was a very different number, um, and it looked foolish when two years after, basically, the team disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I look at it from a five to ten year standpoint, there is another professional team now that is using the building, who's paying the city to do that. They had a lot of events because of the, the way in which they build the arena. So OKC will probably have a strong commitment from ownership who put real money into this and will put that as a during their life in OKC because right now the number seems very low like 50 compared to 900 is um is a stark difference but we are talking about initial investment not rolling figures and we don't know that we don't know how the revenue will change for the for the city having an arena like that having a bigger arena like like the direct and indirect uh, money that will flow into the city because of the arena. And then I, I I guess that the team will pay more than what they are paying now because they are paying they are playing in Paycom, which is a different arena from mm-hmm. what they are going to build, which will be, I guess, state of the state of the art, an amazing arena, maybe with um I don't know if there are like rooms or on a hotel inside, but maybe close to that. So where you can build a city like a, a place in the city where you can actually have maybe the all-star game maybe the final four of college something that right now you can't you can't absolutely do um and so to me um it's a tough it's tough to to spend 900 um billions whatever millions uh billions seems too much um to to do that but um but it's also hey this team is really changing the texture of the city yeah. and we'll do that again in this new wave more likely than not mm-hmm. so uh it's up to everyone to say if this is a fair or unfair tax but to me like it's undeniable that whoever is making the calculation is making those calculations not just because it's fun to have an NBA city but because the city is benefiting from having one so yeah that is my too long monologue uh, on the matter yeah no i think it's i think you're spot on i i think it's okay to think that the ownership's not contributing enough i think it's Mm -hmm. not a good it doesn't look good and i think that's okay um i think my thought would be hey ownership if you're not going to pay up front for the arena my hope is that they would invest in the team long term and in yeah. in a, in the form of like paying the luxury tax, or let's say, a lot of people are like, oh, this new CBA kind of screws over teams like the Thunder. One, it really doesn't. Yeah. Two, what if all these guys are good? Or what if there's an opportunity where in a year and a half, Giannis is like, hey, I'd like to come to the Thunder because I like what Sam Presti's building, or whatever it is, yeah. where there is a chance for this team to be very, very good but very, very expensive. I think it's fair 
for the citizens of Oklahoma City to look at the ownership group and say, hey, we help pay for the state-of-the-art arena, which is going to be, it's going to be one of, it, this is kind of like the Jalen Brown contract. It's going to be one of the most expensive arenas in the, in the country. But also it's like the beginning of all these other teams um, needing, there, a lot of teams are going to need an arena soon. Like New Orleans yeah. is going to need a new one. And if they wait, I was talking to a friend yesterday, if they wait a year or two to make these plans, it's not going to be $900 million. It's going to be $1.5 billion because of the yeah. cost of everything going up so significantly year to year. So I'm sorry that it does cost a lot. And I think it's fair to be critical of the, the amount that the ownership is paying. But I also think it's fair to say, hey, great. We are going to, as citizens of Oklahoma, we are going to vote, vote yes for this and expect the investment on the back end to be toward the team. And I think that that's a fair expectation. And, yeah, and they've, also- they've been saving money mm-hmm. through these years and making money through these lean years because the most expensive part of owning a team is paying the players. And they haven't had to do that. Okay. No, no. And again, you make a great point of, hey, it's not that the owners are not doing anything to keep the basketball here. Like, they have to pay. Uh, yes, they will make money, but like in the long term, the idea is that both sides make money. Suppose that the it would be very interesting for the owners to get $500 million, um, 500 million on this bill. Great. So the city basically doesn't do anything. They will really have a return of investment in probably five years. This is not business. This is not real business. Like nobody does that. Uh, and so it's, um, yeah, they could have made again a double. Mm-hmm. But if I am the city and I'm having like cash to build and I don't need stuff in advance, again, there are other ways to get a good deal that doesn't in, in involve like having an initial down payment that is mm-hmm. very high. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't know. Do we, maybe it's no down payment, very um, very little a year amount. It is a, if you look at the deal in general, it's hey, I'm paying um, most of the of the bill because you, I want you to be here. It may be that in the end, but a we don't know. B, it's unlikely because to me, like at the beginning when the team arrived, there is again a, a very different city from that point from yeah. the, from from that era. Yeah, and, and, and so. Yeah. And these things can can be calculated in terms of money for the citizens. So again, it's 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 not an impossible calculation, but it's it's a difficult one, and you need a lot of details. And looking just at fifty versus nine hundred, it's not a good way to do it. Yeah, I know that this is the only numbers that have been like publicly available, but again, it's much more than that. Yeah. So I would, to me, it's more. Not don't look at the nine hundred and fifty. Look at what the tax is, is for you, and if that tax for you is, hey, this, I'm willing to pay this to have a team in Oklahoma City. That is what you really care about. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the rest, I mean, yes, it's important, but it's it's more so. Hey, do your own calculations because the city probably did their own as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I mean, I think there is a world where where we don't know the details and it and it is 
more favorable than we realize. I also think that there's a world where if this ownership group put up a higher percentage and they're like, hey, great, but now we can't, like we simply can't afford mm-hmm. to bring back Josh Giddy. Or we simply can't afford to give so-and-so the max. Oh yeah, because we be put terrible. up a ton of like upfront money. Like that could also be, and and I know, like I'm not crying for these guys that make a ton of money. I'm just trying to come up with other logical reasons why it makes sense to mm-hmm. get there. Um, and again, I think it is fair for Thunder fans to say, "Hey, great, you guys are getting a great deal on this new arena that you're going to play in," and. We expect there to be an investment in the team. Yeah. I think that's fair. That is fair. I think that's extremely fair. So, uh, and I don't don't want to go as far to say I think I would expect that, but I think that it is a fair expectation and a fair assumption that when moving into this new deal that that could happen. Because ultimately, what the people of Oklahoma City would want and Thunder fans want is to have a successful franchise here. Yeah. And I, I do think that the ownership group is motivated to do that. Obviously management is obviously the team is obviously Mark is all those guys are very motivated to do that. Um, so I, I just think that again, you're right. The 50, the 5% or the four and a half percent, of money that they're putting up. It's not great. <laughs> it doesn't look good or five and a half percent, whatever it is. Um, five and a half percent. It doesn't look great. However, we, we can't see the entire scope of it. And so if you, people have good arguments as to why they don't think they should vote yes. And I'm not, and we, we may disagree. Jason Gallagher has a, has a lot of dis, we disagree fundamentally on some things and that's Okay. I don't think yeah. he's like way off base or like way out of bounds on his thinking. Um, but I also believe that if this is voted no, that it's not going to be as simple as, hey, let's just go back to the drawing board and figure this out. I just, I think it's going, it could get pretty chaotic and it could result in things that we don't want. And Oklahoma City is not so far advanced and hasn't gotten so big that we can just mess around and make demands as a city as to what's going to happen here. I think sometimes you just have to take the deal that's in front of you and make sure that you can keep an NBA team in your city. Yeah. You know, even even if it doesn't look great because the alternative of not having a team would be very bad. It would be very very bad for the city. Um okay, let's move on. McKelly, we are going to grade every draft pick. And I think we called the 2021 draft draft number one. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily going to grade um, the 2020 draft. Alex and I actually talked about it last week. So I think that you, if you want to hear our thoughts on the 2020 draft, you can go listen to that on last Wednesday show. But we're going to grade 2021 through today in each pick that they made. So 2021, the lottery was horrifically disappointing, horrifically disappointing. We, it was our, actually our first event um, 
after and like COVID still exists. I don't want to say post COVID, but post pandemic to do an event for Thunder fans with Down to Dunk. Uh, we had it at the Mule in Edmond, and we were like, I don't even know if we can fill the Mule in Edmond. Well, we filled the Mule in Edmond up to the brim, and then we filled up. There's a brewery across the street, and that was full too. People were so excited about it. And so we get there, and oh, I had phone calls with people where after we got off, you know, our sign off from the phone call was like one in five, baby, one in five. You know, we thought, I mean, the, there was a chance that you get the first and the fifth pick, um, the first pick from the, the Thunder, the fifth pick from the Rockets. Yeah. And, you know, the worst outcome I think was getting pick seven only was the worst outcome. Yeah. And pick six by itself was the second worst outcome possible. Well, that's what the Thunder yeah. got was the <laughs> sixth pick. And it was, was it like twelve percent or something like that. Yeah, it was so. And it was, it was Probably so less. bad. It was so bad. And so everyone was very, very deflated at this party. And you kind of leave it thinking, okay, well maybe they can make a trade. You know, the Cavaliers. That was a team that people thought perhaps the Thunder could mm-hmm. make a trade with. And um, you get to draft night, and you're not hearing a whole lot. And then nothing happens, and they get to pick six, and they, you know, I think James Booknight was the guy that everyone had yeah. circled and targeted. Some people still thought the Thunder would take Jonathan Kaminga that night. Not many. Because he was like a raw prospect that had a lot of athletic tools, which was like kind of like the old Thunder way of drafting. And they chose the Australian point guard, Josh Giddy at pick six. Uh, do you remember kind of how you felt that day or that evening? Or I guess what it would have been like in the middle of the night for you. It was in the middle of the night. I was awake. I don't remember why I was awake. Um, I mean, it's the draft and you're a draft psycho. So I think yeah, that's but I, I, I never did it afterwards. So in 2022 and 2020, maybe 2022, yes, I saw Chet Holmgren and then went to bed. Last year I did not. Uh, oh yes, again I don't remember. Um, but anyway, um, because it, it seemed to me that we were live, or I was live somewhere. But anyway, I remember because I tweeted, "Hey, let's just draft Josh Giddy," and it happened. So I was so sad. Wow. Um, and and I remember Sport Fan Four or Five. Uh, I think it was MC. Whoa, you called it. He said, yeah, uh, it was weird, um, but um. I was, I was not into Book Night. I was not into Franz Wagner. My mistake. Uh, A lot of people not. weren't. I think like Matt Penny was one of the only people yeah. that was super into Wagner. Um, I actually tweeted yeah. at him. I said, "Matt, what is your thing with Wagner? I don't see that." Yeah. I said, "Well, I can see him being a shooter, being connective tissue." I said, well, "Yeah, but he shot like thirty-five percent in a very <laughs> low volume, and 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 he was." Clearly right. Um, yeah. Wagner would go, oh, like if you did a redraft of this draft, I think you'd mm-hmm. probably still take Cade one, but you could justify taking Wagner in the top four. Do you really take Cade number one? I know that the answer I, should be yes. I, I still would, yes, just because I, I value on-ball creation skills and size still a lot. And if you're a six seven point guard like Cade and you have... I mean, he's got scoring ability, mm-hmm. you know, kind of where like Giddy and Franz lack, like Cade could. 
fill in the gap of like being like a truly elite star. He's got all of it. Now he's got to be healthy and he's got to put it together. And he hasn't done either one of those things yet. But yeah. I think I would still take Cade. If, if it's, it's based on the last year, right? Like if this year disappoints, <sighs> I, I don't see that. It, he's, yeah. He's got, he's got to take a step up. He doesn't have to be an all-star this year, but he's got to take a step up this year. But if, but if it's nothing like Giddy could be an all-star this year. I mean, this is too much. I know. In two years. It's possible. No, no, no. It's, I mean, it's possible. I mean, he was just one of the best players uh, in the World Cup. And he's 20. Like, this is not something that happens every single day. So I'm not saying that I would draft Giddy before France or that every team will do that. Um, it's it's difficult. And I would probably draft Cade because of glimpses of talent, mm -hmm. especially if, if I am a certain type of franchise where you have to kind of do it. You have to swing for defenses. But I think that there are teams that would actually pick France before. Yeah, I, I, I think that's possible. I think it would be like Cade, Mobley, Franz, Giddy in some mm -hmm. order, like those four. Mm -hmm. And I think Barnes is pretty close behind those guys. Uh, who else would be in the mix there? I mean, that's probably, those are like the four, because like the later in this draft, it gets pretty gross pretty fast. Um, yeah, but it's like those guys are kind of the cream of the crop, and then Jalen Green, you know, has not really been the guy yet. But those type of players can take a little bit more time. So, you know, it could be a couple of years before we really figure out what he is. Jalen Suggs uh, just has flat out not been very good. Uh, Kaminga nope. has not been very good. I've um, been very wrong on uh, on Suggs. Yeah, I mean, I still like him. I still think he's going to be a pro for a long time, but he's not going to be... Uh, it's unlikely that he's going to be a star point guard. But yeah. anyways, the Thunder made an exceptional pick at six with Josh. A champagne Giddy. pick? So let's go over the scale. You're going to have to explain it because I am not a wine connoisseur at all or a champagne or bubbly wine or whatever you, you want to call you it. You know champagne. I mean, I know what champagne is. I've had it. Okay. Did you like it? I liked it. <laughs> okay. So champagne is about a region in France, and it's about a way of doing wine. It's both, actually. Okay. Um, there is a champagne method. Uh, it's very complicated. I'm not going to explain it today. Um, so we were, we were putting that as the best sparkling wine. There are many... Many, many listeners will say, well, but also French Accord in Italy also, but yeah, yeah, okay, Champagne. Uh, then we stay in France to classify all these wines that are done in the same way, but are not from that area. So mm -hmm. we have the Cremont. Try that. Cremont. Cremont. It's basically cream. Cremont. At the end. Cremont. Okay. Cremont. So this is basically the sparkling wine from France that is not from the Champagne region, so they cannot call it like that. Mm. Then we have the other way of doing sparkling wine, which is basically putting some yeast in inside so that you create bubbles. Uh, that is that is a Prosecco way, which it's very, very cheap. So we're saying like, yeah, a wine that most of the time it's it's just there for reasons. It's just like a, it like a Chris Duarte type of wine. A Cristo type of wine, exactly. And then you have this uh, 
we don't have cooking wine in Italy, but we have many of this wine that you can buy in this uh, paper, whatever that yeah. you have to uncork. Yeah, um, we have Tavernello, which is very, very famous in Italy. Everyone knows that it's a terrible wine. Um, <laughs> and so when you put that in on table, you are very desperate. Like yeah. this is the lowest level you can possibly go. Um, and usually, like whoever puts that on a table, it's basically on a different uh, bottle just to mask it. Because if you put that on the table, it would be just, just gross. So, <laughs> so, okay. so we have champagne. What, so college students Ca- drink. Oh, I remember uh, vividly. I was in a, on a in a camping with my, with my parents, and we used to go out at night. And there was this girl who said, "Oh, let's get drunk." I said, "Yeah, what do you have?" Tell me. I said. Please no. Uh, I will gladly drink water for the rest of the night. <laughs> it was a liter of, um, which is probably um, not a half a gallon, a third of a gallon, maybe yeah. less. Yeah, yeah, brutal. So champagne, cremant, prosecco, tavernello. Okay, I'll forget all of those besides champagne quickly, but I'll have to have you walk me through. I think it's a champagne pick. I think this yeah, is like is. this is. You could argue. That Franz would have been a, a better fit with this core. Mm-hmm. Like if you had SGA, Dort, J Dub, Franz, and Chet starting, like that fits a little bit better mm-hmm. than Giddy in there. However, I do think that there's a chance that Giddy ends up being the best player in this draft. I still think like he's got a chance to be that. If he can sh- figure out how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Josh Giddy can be the best player from this draft because he does yeah. have a higher processing ability than Franz, really than everybody in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's huge. He's six foot nine. He's getting stronger. He's obviously the leader of this Australian team. Um, so I do, I do think that at this point you don't regret taking Giddy. Also, Giddy is uh, a year younger than than Franz too. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I think that we can get two years down the road and think, oh yeah, Franz Wagner is like a much better player than Giddy, or it could flip the other way. We just don't mm-hmm. know yet. However, I thought do, it might be two players on the same tier. Could be for their entire life, and you could say you could still say, hey, maybe Franz would have been a better fit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if I agree with Matt Noonan in the chat that says if we have Franz Wagner, we don't have Chet, because I'm. Almost sure the Presti would have done whatever, like sitting Shea earlier. Sitting Giddy Franz was earlier. good his rookie year. Yeah, he was. It's not very conducive to winning basketball games, but if you don't have a point guard and whatever you have, it's just like also rem- running the show. Also, like, remember who got the number one pick in the draft in the following yeah. year? The Magic with Franz yeah. Wagner on the team. So I just yeah. don't think that it it definitely equates to like Wagner and. SGA equal like magic, you know, well, not the magic, but you know what I mean? I just, I don't, we don't know. We don't know. It's possible that the Thunder could have gotten the first pick just because it's a, it's literally a lottery. It's literally based on luck. And if you change one or two things, it doesn't mean that one thing is definitely going to happen. One thing is definitely not going to happen. We don't know. We just don't know. All we're doing is just trying to grade these picks. So we can't we can't operate in like, hey, if you do this, then that happens. Yeah, butterfly effect all over the place. But we're just going to grade the picks. 
Josh Giddy, uh, obviously that's that was a incredible pick. Then we get to 16, where the Thunder were supposed to be picking. They had the Celtics pick. Um, they traded to the Rockets for a protected Detroit Pistons pick and a protected Washington Wizards pick. So they get two picks, four picks, 16, which at the time was like unthinkable to get two first-rounders for pick 16. Uh, Shangun did wear a Thunder hat that night, and people did Memorable. think, yeah, if you did, weren't following Twitter, you would have thought that the Thunder were getting Alperin Shangun, which I, I was pretty excited about, to be honest. But the uh, the Detroit pick is top sixteen was top top sixteen protected in twenty two, top eighteen in twenty three, eighteen in twenty four, top thirteen in twenty five, top eleven in twenty six, and in twenty twenty seven top nine protected. And if it doesn't convey, then it will turn into a twenty twenty seven second round pick. So this is likely to convey. I don't think Detroit is going to be horrific for the lifetime of this pick. I think it'll probably convey in 25 or 26. I think it'll be tough for them for it to convey for the 24 draft, which the Knicks are probably fine with because I just yeah. don't I just don't think that's going to happen, but it's possible that they're out of the lottery in 25 and 20 or 26. Um, and then in 2027 20, it's top 9 protected. Like if if that never conveys Troy Weaver has lost his job, and they have made some terrible, terrible you know deals to get to this mm-hmm. point. So that will probably convey. And then the Washington pick, uh, one through fourteen protected in this past draft, one through twelve protected in the upcoming draft, which will not convey. One no. through ten protected in twenty twenty five, maybe it conveys, and then twenty twenty six, um. Top eight protected. This may not convey. If it still hasn't conveyed, yeah. Washington will give up a second round pick in twenty six and twenty seven. That may not convey. Yeah, I don't know though. We'll we'll see. I mean, we we don't know everything for sure. I mean, it's, it's possible that the Wizards just keep all their guys and they overperform and it conveys this year. But um, I find that to be very unlikely. So that that one's a little bit more shaky. But the Thunder don't even own either one of those picks now. Um, but how do we grade this today? Shangun has been a player for the Rockets. That is interesting. I think this next year we'll learn a lot about him with how the their, the new Rockets coaching staff decides to use him. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not a great defender. Offensively, he does a lot of stuff. He's very creative. He's a very fun player. He is good, like good rebounder, good scorer good passer. I just don't know if you can play him as a center in this NBA. I think it's tough. I think he'd be a, like an outstanding FIBA player. But um, how do you grade this today? Um, it's a little bit in connection with two other picks that the yeah. VC made. One uh, is clearly the, the next one that we are going to grade. Um, but if we have to go in a in a vacuum and saying okay let's let's try to 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 grade the trade i don't dislike the value that they got from that trade yeah what i heavily heavily uh dislike is the fact that they had a great player there that i am quite that, that there was an opportunity that alper and Shengun was there at 18. yeah and so to me 
that is why I don't grade this very highly because I would have drafted Trey Murphy. Uh, I loved him. Uh, you said it at the time. Hunter. You said it at the on. I've listened to listen back as I was on my riding lawnmower, mowing my yard. Listen back to the episode that we did after this draft, and you mentioned Trey Murphy multiple times. Yeah, I had him very high. We have uh, it was one of my my favorite player in the draft, and so to me, he is worth two picks. Um, I mean, now he had an injury. I hope it's not really serious or like it will not change his career. But to me, I don't, I don't trade two later pick, later picks for, um, for Trey Murphy. On the other end, if we connect this with 2022 draft and say, okay, this is the only way you get J Dub, then I would have to say, okay. Uh, I mean, I would rather have no, um, no Trey Murphy, no Shangun. But I, I am sure to get Jade up. So it's it's a bit all connected to me. If mm-hmm. I don't see this as okay, they will have two other picks to to use to get Jade up. So he they will mm-hmm. get him anyway. I would much rather um, like going for Trey Murphy there and just keeping my pick and and bet that maybe Houston is willing to trade me something for the other pick that I have later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. How would you? What, what's your wine grade? Um, what's the, what's to me, it's below average in terms of. Uh, so it's it would be a prosecco, a wine that yeah you have when you're when you really want wine and you really want bubbles, but it's not really what you should have. Hmm. Yeah, I think I probably agree with that. Some of this will also depend on how Usman Jang turns out because two of these picks were used to acquire Oos in the following yeah. draft. So yeah, I don't even go there. To me, it's about securing J-Dub, not getting Jang. Otherwise, it's it's uh, it's probably less than that in, <laughs> in, in value. But, but yeah. Okay. Well, we just don't know. We just, like, frankly don't know, though. We just frankly don't know. Yes, we don't know. And there are players that really underperform in year one and then become stars. But it's not common. Yeah. I mean, he, to me, he doesn't have to be a star. That is true. If he is, if he becomes a really reliable role player, then I'm willing to like a starter, not a role player. Yeah, like if he's like a a version of like Nick Batum. Oh yeah, I would pay to first for Prime Batum. Yes. So, which is not impossible. Which I think is actually like a pretty good comp because Batum is like one, not a very physical player. Mm-hmm. Two, but like, but a great connector. Of offense yeah. and defense, which I think is what Jang could be. That's a great combiner. If he could become, like if he could become that kind of player, like I think that this is fine. Also, I I still just believe, and this is something that you said during the draft process, is that it's just really hard to build around a center that's not very skilled on defense. And now that the Thunder have Chet, I don't think that you can question just the Shangun portion of this at all. Like, I don't think you can yeah. lose sleep as a Thunder staff or as a Thunder fan over Shangun because, oh, no, no, no. because I just don't think he quite fits the way that the Thunder want to play um, either. So I think it's fine. I think um, still kind of TBD, but yeah, kind of below average at this point. Uh, unless like Jang emerges as like a very good role player this year. Uh, okay, 18. At 18, the Thunder did make a pick. They took Trey Mann out of Florida. 
It was a little surprising to me. I think the main reason, and he's displayed this at the NBA level, I think the main reason you take Trey Mann is that he has an elite ability to create space on the perimeter with his shot. And it's seriously probably top five step back threes in the league. I know he didn't hit a high percentage of them, but the space creation is just insane. And last year looked really bad for Trey Mann. And there's a chance that we get through training camp and Trey is not on the team. That's possible. Yeah. Um, I would grade it the same level of wine. I don't think it's a complete failure just because, like, a guy that was like the guys that were picked after him. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say. I mean, you got Kai Jones, who has just become an absolute maniac online the last several weeks. Uh, Jalen Johnson went to the the Hawks. Keon Johnson. Pass. Isaiah Jackson. Pass. Pass. You know, Usman Garuba who the Thunder have already passed on. <laughs> Josh Christopher, yeah. no, Quentin Grimes. No. Is, Quentin Grimes is yeah. the one where you get to and you're like, ah, uh, okay. But Quentin Grimes was a 21-year-old junior in this draft. Yeah. I don't think they would have taken him. Then you have Bones Island, no. no. Cam Johnson, no. Jaden Springer, no. Daron Sharp, no. Santi Aldama, probably yes. And it probably felt a little too soon to take Santi Aldama at the time. You know, I think you probably hope that he falls to the 30s and you can pick him up there. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't happen. And so, anyways, I mean, that's falling 12 spots. And you there's one guy in 12 spots that you're like, man, they should have taken him. But he was yeah. an older player that I don't think the Thunder were quite ready to take yet. I think they were more ready to take on a younger player that has, like, some upside in Trey. and. Yeah. It, to this point, has not worked out. He looked great after his rookie season. We had high hopes for him. And there's still a possibility that he arrives at training camp and he looks great and he carves out a role. And because he does have better creation ability, he's probably also a better passer than a guy like Isaiah Joe. He could supplant a guy like Isaiah Joe. It's not impossible for that to happen. It's unlikely. It's unlikely, yeah. but the, I'm, the, all this to say is like the story is not complete with Trey Mann, so I just don't want to act like I know how Trey Mann's career is going to go. I really don't. Yeah. However, this is the the level above the the box wine at this point. Um, yeah, it's always Prosecco, yeah. So this is Prosecco. I think every pick <laughs> except for Quentin Grimes is Prosecco for every yeah. team. Uh, except oh, there for are some there. Come on. Huh? There are a few Tavernello here and there. Like, where yeah. it's like, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, to me, Garuba is really bad. Not not yeah. because it was a bad pick there, but if you look at the return, like it's yeah, it's not good. It's borderline out of the league. Yeah, so it's, it's bad. Sh- shout out to the Warriors who picked him up on a two-way contract. And, yeah, and yeah. Now that's why I said almost. But yeah. again, it's a two-way after you're picking the teens yeah that is that is bad it's not not ideal not ideal this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, okay, so let's move on to the 32nd pick, which was Jeremiah Robinson Earl. The Thunder traded the 34th pick and the 36th pick. Uh, Miles McBride, who is pick 36, who plays for the Knicks, who's a meh, he's fine. He's an okay player. Can't really shoot. Um, and yeah. Rokas Jacobetas. Yeah. I, I, I don't know anything about this dude. Um, fine. Whatever. Players that could have been chosen, Herb Jones was taken 35th. Um, Iodesumu was taken 38th. Uh, Jared Butler, who was on the team anyways, uh, 40th. Uh, Isaiah Livers went to 42nd. Yeah. Um, BJ Boston. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> BJ Boston. Luca Garza. To me, yeah, to it, me there's a, like, it's not really on the, on the guys who were behind him. It's more the fact that Jerry is not worth like trading anything extra at yeah. this point. Yeah, no, um, he's not. So trading two picks, it's actually bad. Um, he can be out of the again. It's it's nothing really damaging for OKC going forward. Yeah. It's a second round pick it's that doesn't work. It, it's it's really not important. Two second second round picks that, that don't work still not damaging. A little bit worse. Yeah. So it's an in between. Uh, so it's Tavernello. It's not Tavernello, which is the, the worst because it's not the worst. Come on, um, but it's a uh, prosecco. It's a bit stale. Like yeah. it's been open for a couple of days. Like, yeah, okay, should I really drink this? Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeremiah is like a really good guy. He's been good for the locker. Oh, he's room. a great guy. Um, there's like, like a great guy. and so I don't know. I think that yeah, it's not good. But the thing is, the Thunder nailed the the pick that mattered in this draft, mm-hmm. and that's pick six. If you somehow miss on pick number six, where you take Kaminga, Kuminga. or maybe you trade it up and you got Jalen Suggs, or imagine if you take Book Knight, or you real. took, or you actually took Book Knight, wow. then oh. it wouldn't. Then I don't care if you took Trey Murphy and no. you know Santi Aldama and Herb Jones. Like I don't care because all of those players. Are not changing your life. No, but Giddy Josh Giddy can change 
changed the outcome of this Thunder team in a lot of ways. Where those guys, like, I like Trey Murphy a lot. Is Trey Murphy going to be the difference in where the Thunder go in the playoffs? Probably more unlikely than Josh Giddy actually doing that. So they nailed the pick they needed to nail. And so I can't be, I can't get worked up over all the other stuff. Was it all the rest of it great? Not really. Um, you know, the the 16th pick being traded for two picks, I think is good value. Still TBD on what they got from that value. Yeah. Uh, the Trey Man pick, not great. JRE, not great. Uh, Giddy, so good. So, so, so good. Great job. That's all, that truly, that, that's truly all I care about. The other stuff is not ideal. Uh, okay. Let's move on to 2022. The the Thunder got tremendous luck. We did a a uh, lottery party at the Jones Assembly, and it was insanity. It was so much fun. Uh, as they continued to not draw the Thunder's name as they were moving up. So they did draw it at 12, which ends up being outrageously fortuitous for the Thunder. Very, very good for the Thunder where they get the, the 12th pick, that ends up being Jalen Williams, who would be picked, what, third in this draft, probably? Second in this um, draft? No, I, I don't think second. But probably in the top four in this draft if they redraft Oh, I think, I think it would be third. Yeah. I mean, it would be probably Paolo, Chet, and then, and then him. Yeah. I think that's probably right. And so... Anyways, you get the second pick. So much excitement. I, If you don't remember the story, it was foretold that we would get the second pick. I was with my wife on a trip. Your wife. My Sorry. wife. We um, were on a trip, and we rented a convertible. And we were driving down, the, uh, down by the beach, getting ready to go back to our condo to pack up and leave get on an airplane i was in florida the day of the lottery flew back that day and then went to the almost straight to the lottery party but on the way back to our condo i got pooped on by a bird moving on the road poop hit me right in the head okay i felt it and i and i look over at amy and i kind of felt it and i looked at my hand clearly bird poop that that bird was eating some seeds and I was just like, oh my gosh, a bird just pooped on me. I said, you need to look up what this means. Look it up right now. She looked it up and it meant just tremendous. It means luck, like good luck. And yeah, I and I was like, like what, this what actually means... To you besides like someone pooping on you. Even more luck because I'm in a moving vehicle. <laughs> moving vehicle. And also number two is poop. We got the second pick. Obviously, this is... It was foretold. Uh, yeah, I had a day. friend who tried to push luck on him that way, who would stop my dad from driving the car. Stop, please, stop. And he had to just open the door and, and, and put his, uh, his, his food on, on one like big dog poop. My dad was not, not happy. Said, but it's luck. I said, no, it's you. That's not luck. Now you're going to walk. I didn't ask Hope. the bird to poop on me. I wasn't like driving yeah. under birds on purpose. Yeah. It just it just happened. Um, anyways, the Thunder got the second pick, and they ended up picking two 
11, 12, and 34 in this draft. Ended up taking four guys, which is kind of crazy at the time. Um, but they took Chet Holmgren number two. How do you grade this? It's tough because we haven't seen him play in the NBA yet. So to me, they picked the second player, best player, hypothetically, best player in the in the draft. Right, like for what we know now. I think if they got the number one pick, this is who they were going to take. Yeah. Um, But if we take it like a year after, Mm -hmm. I would say that Paolo is deserving of a number one pick. And so you can say, okay, they were two and they drafted probably, most likely, the second or third best player in this class. And so to me, it's just, just sticking with the value of the pick. So not like an amazing pick. Um... Is it fair to say that it's just Cremont and not Champagne because we didn't see Chet play and we really don't know? I still just have a feeling about this guy. He's Oh yeah, me too. He's ultra com- he's ultra competitive. He has the almost the exact skill set minus like a just a giant frame um, that you would want out of a player that plays a center position for the Oklahoma City Thunder. In fact, can you, you, you need to listen. This is, this is part of our 2020, so this is the 22 draft. This is part of our 2021 um, post-draft podcast. So just, just listen to this real quick. This is what you said after the 2021 draft. Shevsky become top 20 players in the league. This team is ready to compete. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a given that this version of all oh, this version of OKC will likely win in the thirties, like high twenties, low thirties next season. But yeah. the the path to be a very good team may be shorter than, than what we think, mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. it's they they have bad luck, and so they are in the lottery again, and maybe they will draft Chet, and there you have it, your starting five with Chet as a, as mm-hmm. the five. Can you imagine? Oh. Like oh. or or Paulo Banquero? I definitely can. I can oh, imagine oh, it. Yeah, or or you, or you draft Paulo Banquero, which is a very good wing. Um, you predicted you predicted a year okay. in advance that the Thunder were going to take Chet and that he was going to that be the starting center. That is not predicting. It's, it's, yes, you uh, did. But anyway. Yes, you did. You did it. You did it. Congratulations. Um, you, you, I mean, there were so many Chet predictions along the way that just made it so. I, I think it's champagne. One, mm-hmm. you got really lucky. Two, yeah. you draft a well, player. Included lack. I, I, I agree. Like, I 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. You're lucky, and you... Here's the thing is, and Alex was on this early, and we've been, we talked about this a lot. The kinds of players that change the league are the ones that are just different and mm-hmm. that do things differently. Chet and now Wimbanyama are these, like, giant stick figure centers that can literally do everything on the basketball court. And we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. And people are going to be critical of them people are going to say it's not going to work however the thunder have this like infrastructure of a team around chet where i just and unless he just can't stay healthy yeah which is possible but unless he just doesn't stay healthy i just can't imagine a world where chet holmgren is not a very successful nba player and like i mean he's he's the missing piece to what this team needs a rim protector, a play finisher, another shot creator. I think he's going to be tremendous. I think he fits exactly what this team needs. You know, I think if it were Jabari, 
And Jabari played great in summer league. He just did not play mm-hmm. well his rookie season. I think that yeah. one I would be like, man, like he just doesn't quite fit exactly what the Thunder need. Can he shoot? Yes. Is he? Does he have like the profile of a good defender? Yes. Um, but he doesn't do all the thundery things, you know. Yeah, we can. He can't really shoot. I mean, he didn't his rookie season. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. He had a, like a horrible season in terms of like teammates and then teammates and teammates and and and, and also shot selection. Um, yeah, I just I just think that yes, he missed a lot in terms of decision making, and I know that it's not tailor-made for the offense that Mark Degnall wants to run. Mm-hmm. And if you look how Jang interprets basketball, you can see why he's more ready for that kind of basketball. But but also, I mean, if you somehow slide a starting unit of Shea, Giddy, J-Dub, um, Jabari, and Chad, I would actually pay a lot to see that unit because to me it will demolish people there will be so much space and and the defense will be so elite uh, to me it's just like yeah chet offers a different ceiling though oh i would get both i would do anything to get both no i would not switch between the two yeah i think it's champagne i really like the pick uh and then Honestly, on draft night, the Knicks take Usman Jang, and I feel relief that they did. I was not, oh, yeah, a, I was not an Usman Jang guy. I thought that's, it seems like a thundery guy. seems like somebody the Thunder might take at 12. When the Knicks took him, I got excited. Then when I found out the Thunder were trading for, <laughs> trading for him, I got less excited because I also thought that meant that they were giving up 12 to get to 11. Yeah. Um they they did not do that. Um they kept eleven and twelve. So they traded three picks so that they could pick twice at eleven and twelve. Which you know, we don't know yet what that will look like. Is it likely that those picks are gonna have like all star return? Probably not. None of those picks all those picks are highly protected. So, I mean, again, we just we talked about Jang already. Like the outcomes are anywhere from out of the league to a Nick Batum ish player to even better. Like honestly, like he has a higher ceiling um, mm-hmm. as a player. Has he shown? Did he show enough in his rookie season to say that he's going to be that? No, but you know, we've got year two. We'll see what that looks like. So, well, I, I don't. I don't, I mean, I've got probably somewhere in the middle of the road. Like, I'm mm-hmm. non committal on what Prosecco yeah. is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what it's, I would it say. It would be low average as of today. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably where I'd put it today. But honestly, like, this could evolve either way. This could get a lot better sure. or a lot worse. And we just don't know yet. And so I think it's okay to kind of even table that one. J Dub at 12. It's a champagne. It's a champagne. Yeah. It's like a whole it's like a a whole bath full of champagne. It's a manual, like the one point five liters. It's half a gallon. Yeah. Champagne. Didn't like, Amari Stoudemire bathe in champagne or was that red wine? I can't remember. No, it was red wine. Yeah, okay. Well this but would is be, also something it's very weird, but it's it's something that is culturally from I think the Romans. Okay. 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, also culturally yeah. from rich people. Yeah, but you know, like yeah, fifty liters of wine or whatever you need to bath in. Probably if it's pure, then you need more than fifty liters, maybe eighty liters. Um, it's also like a seven footer. You probably, I mean, you need a lot of liters. Yeah, I, it's I don't know thirty gallons. <laughs> whatever. That's a lot. You gotta. <laughs> yeah, but if it's cheap wine, it's it, it's not that you have to drink it. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. Anyways, that much that much of champagne. That much, 30 gallons of champagne for this one. Yeah. Because I think that, I mean, there is a chance that we, in three years, as the Thunder are entering more of like the prime age of this roster, that J-Dub is the second best player. And it's like this like two-man tandem of SGA and J-Dub um, going into the playoffs. And like those are the two guys that you got to stop. Yeah. Um, and that's at pick 12, which is – Outrageous. I mean, you look at the guys that went after Jalen Duran, who also looks good, but I just don't think if you're taking Chet, you would take him. Abaji, mm-hmm. Mark Williams, AJ Griffin, who's your guy? Um, yeah. Tari Eason, Dalen Terry, Jake LaRavia, like Christian Brown, like some good players. Walker Kessler, like good players, certainly. Yeah. But nothing like J Dub. And also personality wise, J Dub is just a, a gem. It's just amazing. Yeah. So it it is a slam dunk. This is the 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 peak pinnacle of Thunder Picks. Like I, I'm not outside of Westbrook, I'm not sure that Sam has had a better draft pick with because it won the night of the draft it was thought to be a reach as Westbrook mm-hmm. was. I think that J Dub and Westbrook, when you think, when you look back at like the, what Sam Presti has done with drafting players, mm-hmm. it's probably because like Kevin Durant, no brainer. I think Chet's no brainer. I think Giddy wasn't a no brainer, um, and may also yeah, Giddy be was a great pick. Giddy might be is is in the mix too with Giddy Westbrook J Dub. Like those three picks are just are genius level picks. Don't you think that you we have to give him another year? Um, I, J-Dub? I'm worried. To, 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 to J-Dub. Why? Um, because I want to see to see it again. Because he can he can go and be a Rudy Gay type of guy. Oh, and don't stop. get me wrong. I'm I'm getting you okay, wrong. You okay, okay. You just I'm got me way wrong, bro. I'm I sorry. am way wrong. And I bet that this doesn't happen. Rudy Gay was a borderline all star. Probably made the all star once. He did not. He did not. Never? No. no but he no. was very close to being the scoring leader of the league the year in Memphis. I don't remember. Is this my projector of a. Uh, but Rudy also, Gay? like, those are bad <clears throat> Memphis teams that got better. Immediately after they traded him, because yeah, he was yeah. I, never I was efficient. Trying to find a score, like he a score never, like he never shot above fifty percent from the field. Not one time in okay, his entire career. Okay, I made career. the wrong comparison. Sorry. Just find a better, efficient player who is not a bona fide all star. <laughs> Impossible. That's the thing, though. That's the thing. That's the thing no, that they're, separates. They're, they're, that's the thing yeah. that separates like Rudy Gay from like these like bona fide all star players that those guys are like efficient and it doesn't take as many shots. You're not taking as much off the table. I know. Can we wait another year to see if the efficiency, when, when there will be guys to scheme up for J-Dub? 
Yeah, the thing is that it's going to be hard to do that because you have a all NBA first I team know, guard on your team. So, so what is that? What is the outcome? It's uh, for sure all star, multiple time all star, multiple time all star. Yeah. Oh wow! Here you go. Like okay, you are very convinced. I am. I'm convinced that this is a multi time. He shot fifty two percent from the field. I know. I know fifty two percent from the field. I'm fourteen not points on he's ten a shots. Bad player. And it, and it was all finishing around the rim stuff, which which is very interesting and very promising. Can we see if the consistency is there? He just got better as the year went on. I know, and the game got harder. I, I was there watching it. I'm I'm just I'm convinced that this is going to be one of the guys. I'm convinced okay. that this is going to be one of the guys, one of the top three best players on this team. And so you think that there is no chance that Giddy is better than him? I'm not saying there's no chance. I don't think there's no chance. I think there's no chance that J Dub is not does not make an All Star team at some point in his career. One, I would probably bet yes. Yeah, multiple times. That is where because if you have an All Star with twelve, it's a great pick, but it's not in the same drafting All of Famer at four. Um. And to me, there is a decent chance that Giddy makes the All Star like more than than J Dub because Giddy we saw the first year, then we saw a better second year, um, and we saw a FIBA where he was better. Now yeah. I can see, and probably it's likely that in two years or maybe in February, for what I know, we we'll say, "Oh no, Giddy is going great." But JW is on a different level. Mm -hmm. And those 10 minutes in Summer League were so intense. Yeah. And so overpowering. They say, oh, but I, I just need to see an NBA defense going against him another month or two because it's before I say, okay, this is Westbrook level. If you say to me, okay, this is a pick that is great. Because he will make an all star, would say, Yeah, I, I, I'm with you today. Like, Westbrook is an all famer. Yeah. I'm not that saying that he's like going to be on Westbrook's level. I'm saying the pick itself. I know. I so know. Westbrook but was picked like, fourth. Picking an all famer at four, it's not a common thing. To no, do. but it's easier to do that at four than at 12. Sure. I'm I'm arguing if it's easier to to draft a two-time All-Star at 12 compared to an All-Famer at four. To me, the former is harder. If you say to me They're a guy really that is hard. a perennial All-Star with 12, we're talking about Kawhi, we're talking about PG, and those are extremely great picks. So you're saying that he is PG, basically. I'm saying that there is... A non-zero chance that this is a Kawhi PG. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Non-zero chance is not is not what they're talking about. I but think. Yeah, I think. So I I think well. that this is their Kawhi pick. This is their San Antonio picking Kawhi. I think this is Oklahoma City picking Jalen Williams. I just I think he's going to be outrageously successful. Okay. In the NBA, I think he's six foot six, strong. He looks insanely strong now. Yeah. Able to finish at the rim, able to shoot, able to handle, able to pass, 
Like, what does he not able do? Able to play defense at the high able level. Able to play defense at a high level, gets steals, has long arms. Those, those are the guys that are all-stars. Those are the guys that, that play in the league forever and dominate the league. It's not hard to envision a guy. It's not hard to envision him dominating the NBA. It's just not. No, it's not hard. So. I just want to see him another year. Yeah, it's going to be so good. You're going to be so excited when you see him another year. I am excited. It's going to be so good. I am. Uh, I am okay, like- his counterpart at 34, Jay Will, uh, had a weird start to his rookie season. It was not great, but then turned. I had had an awesome back half of the season. He started for them, played really well. Players that were taking around him, Max Christie at 35, uh, Prachita, who we really liked at 36, to the Pistons. Um, Hardy. Yeah, Jane Hardy, who I don't Bryce think McGowan's. would fit the Thunder. McGowan's, who's okay. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Keels, New Dort. Um, yeah. Josh Minot, which I protected, but uh, Alex didn't allow in the yeah. expansion draft. Josh Minot, yeah. I uh, uh, Kamigate, who we kind of liked at third 46, whatever. Uh, I think it's a great pick. I think that he... Profiles has a role, like a big off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. Nice pick. We also f- had similar feelings about JRE after year one. Um, yeah, but not, not, not quite the same. But, but Jay, Jay Will performed well in games that mattered and played really yeah. well in that play-in game against the Pelicans. 8-8-8 yeah. eight, eight, eight from your 34th pick in a game that mattered where he hit a huge three on the stretch. He was passing really well. Um, he's got... He's got a great skill set, and I think that uh, personality-wise, he fits great with this team. I think this is a, a shame. Cremon pick. I would pick Champagne, not Prosecco. Probably Cremon. Yeah, our first Cremon pick. Where it's like, this is a good pick. Is this like as you can get insane value here, and and we still don't know exactly what he's going to be, but like guys like Chris Middleton and Draymond Green and those kind of guys were taken in this range in their drafts, and like that is like obviously insane. Um, okay. So let's move on to this year. We just have two picks, so I think we can get these done pretty quickly because we still just have no idea. And maybe it's not even fair to do it. Yeah. Because we haven't seen what either of these guys look like. Um, but how how are you feeling? Maybe we don't grade it, but just like how do you feel about uh, 12 for 10 in Bertans today? Um, and the Case and Wallace pick. Oh, it's better than two months ago. I mean, Batons looks uh, a little bit uh, rejuvenated uh, yeah. from the FIBA World Cup. Uh, yeah, extraordinaire. Um, I mean, he he may be a guy that it's not just dead money, mm-hmm. which is way more than what we thought. Yeah, we had true. some hopes. Um, he seems to play like not that way. Uh, that money um, kind of contract. Case and Wallace, very hard to see. Um, on one hand, I have the words of Sam Vecini just um, in my head at all times. It's very hard for a small point guard to mm-hmm. make it in the league. You have to be very, very good. And I agree with him. On the other end, if the shot is somewhat reliable and he can play defense, then you can find 
a room in OKC. Mm -hmm. It will be hard. It will not be easy. Uh, would he be my pick uh, if I have to do it today? Probably not. Um, I, I told you many times that to me, the value of a guy like Jordan Hawkins or O'Grady Dick for OKC was so clear to mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. that I would probably go that route still today. So to me, it's not an above average pick. Uh, but in six months, I could be the dummy, the dumbest guy and, and Presti could look like a genius like he always does. Mm -hmm. So I, to me, the, the feat for a guy like Grey Dick, it's seamless. He's a guy that will not be your, hey, I'm going some weird extra pass that because I'm projected two passes ahead. It's more, hey, I'm here, I'm doing these five things, but I'm opening so much for the others that no matter if I really uh, process the game at, at a very high speed or I recognize new situations without relying on the scheme, like playing more rhythm, less pattern or whatever. Um, but to me, the shooting is so important in this game, mm -hmm. where even if he's not a very quick guy who processes the game uh, well, he can be so valuable. So to me, I would have gone that route. Uh, I don't dislike the fact to jump two spots and trading batons um, in the process. I mean, if you want to get your guy and your guy's there 10, you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... When I think about small guards, I think about guys that are like 6'1 or 6'2. Mm -hmm. Kaysen measured at 6'4 at the combine. In shoes. He And he will be wearing shoes when he plays for the Thunder. Um, I know who say that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's he's got a six size. and a, almost a six foot nine wingspan too, so like he's got yeah. plus wingspan. I don't think he's that small. Like there's, he's he, I don't know. Like he's not Peyton Pritchard, you know. No. So like it's not I, I think, and he's he's taller than Dort. You know, slightly. Yeah. So I just I just don't think of him as that small. I guess whenever I think of Casey Wallace, and I just I like <laughs> his intensity. I think they didn't draft, uh, and I don't know this for sure. This is just my take. I, I think they didn't draft Grady Dick uh, because he is just 100% big-time goober. And I just don't know that you want to inject that level of goober into this team because um, he is totally that. I personally would have loved it, would have loved to have that kind of goober, grade-A goober on this team. Uh, Kaysen Wall is like the exact opposite. Like He has like no goob in him whatsoever. I still, I still like the pick. I think it signals also that, like, hey, these like long term projects, like maybe it's time to be done with those because like Kaysen's yeah. not like some project player. He's he's somebody that you can see how he would fit with the team right away, and it's and like the really the long term project that would have that could have been taken. I guess there's a few, uh, but Kulabali would have been the one, but he went seventh oh, overall. Yeah. I just don't know that there's room for a guy like that. Even like Anthony Black and Jairus Walker, I, I think those guys are going to take a little bit more time than what Kaysen does just because offensively, it's still really unclear what those guys are. But also, they didn't have the opportunity to take those guys. Anyways, Derek Lively, who went 12 with the Thunder, he's, he's a project. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I don't 
think that they're going to take a project, even though there's not a lot of projects in this range, Hawkins and Bufkin and Keontae George is a project to a degree. Hoots Covino is a project for sure. Um, but I think it's, it's just kind of a signal that like, Hey, we can't take on these big projects because the team is starting to actually form and yeah. you can't, I don't know that the coaching staff has like the, the bandwidth to carry a long-term project like a Koulibaly. So, um, anyways, I like the pick still. I don't think we give it a grade. Keontae Johnson at 50. Oh, we also didn't grade. I don't know why I didn't put this down. In the 2021 draft at 55, they took Aaron Wiggins. Um, oh, that's, that's, uh, Cremont or Champagne, whatever. Yeah, He's that's great Champagne. Guy. Great personality, great player. Wiggins, sorry, I forgot to do that. Yeah, Champagne for 55. Insane to get any value at 55. Uh, Keontae Johnson at 50. Um, yeah, we'll see. He's a two way player. We'll see. Similar opportunity. Um, very similar opportunity to what Wiggins had being the 55th pick. Um, pretty cool that Wiggins being of, the lowest pick or the highest pick, how I guess lowest pick. Lowest, we we yeah. struggled with how to phrase that the other day with our trivia. Um, the lowest pick of all the picks. And like he's gonna like survive <laughs> a lot of this. Like good for him. Um, that's yeah. pretty cool. And that I mean that makes that draft a lot better. If it's like you're walking away with Giddy and Wiggins and like nobody else works out, and two like basically two picks, Wiggins and Giddy. I also forgot to make this point. In the 2021 draft, the Thunder took three player, or they took, um, they had three first round picks, and they walked out with Giddy, Trey Mann, and three first round picks because yeah. they got two first and they got a pick from the Favors deal in that draft, like in, during that draft cycle. So, I mean, to walk out with the exact same amount of first round picks that you walked in with, that was insane. Like, that is a, Masterclass in like rebuilding. I forgot to mention that for the 21 draft. Um, but anyways, Keontae Johnson, we'll see. Cool story. Uh, profiles sure. as a guy that could work out because he's 6'5, he shoots it strong as he's anybody. Um, I like him. I like the pick. Uh, will it work? Who knows? Is there anybody after that I would worry about? I like Trace Jackson Davis, but I think Trace. Um, was always going to be a warrior. His bro- So his agent is Mike Dunleavy's brother. Oh, okay. And he was steered to the Warriors <laughs> because Mike Dunleavy's brother's an agent, and that's Trace's agent. So, like, that's how that ended up happening. Like, he's one that I like that I think could have been interesting and probably would have signed a two-way contract to. Um Isaiah Wong is really fun, but I don't think he's a Thunder player. So anyways, who cares? It's the 50th pick. Um, But I like it. Uh, All that to say, in this rebuild, Giddy, Chet, J-Dub, and, you know, Kaysen, we don't know what he's going to be. He's still one of the high... a couple of good second-rounders. Higher picks. A couple of good second-rounders. That's all... they, They have nailed it and obviously you have Shea which is like not the icing on the cake but the entire cake this this has gone better than you could have ever imagined as far as a rebuild goes and 
if you're a Thunder fan, you should be feeling very good about the direction. Whether they win 43 games or 53 games this next year, I don't. I think honestly, the win totals, well, the win totals, is a little inso- inconsequential to me because I just think like this has worked so well, and I think whatever happens this year is kind of whatever to me. I think they are headed toward great success because of the way that they have drafted. And we don't know what Kaysen's going to be. Kaysen could be one of the four or five best players on the team. We just don't have any idea. Or he could be a bust. We don't know. We just have no idea. Um, Same with Jang. We just don't know what he's going to be yet. Um, There's still a lot of questions to be answered with this team. However, the fact that they nailed the Giddy pick, I think they nailed the Chet pick. Um, They obviously nailed the J-Dub pick. And like that's all you needed to do, especially when you already have an All NBA first team guard on your team in Shea Gilgeous Alexander. So, um, just outstanding, just outstanding job. Really fun to kind of look back through this. Did they nail every pick? No. Does anybody nail every pick? No. No. Um, Did they nail most of them? Yes. Did they nail the ones that mattered? Yes. Which is not easy to do. Look back at the Warriors with their second timeline guys. Oh boy. I mean, if we were doing this for them, it would not look very good. And no, and the point is, for the Thunder, we said, yeah, there were guys after, but I, either they are in this, on the same tier or they are inconsequential. Yeah. For the Warriors, Wiseman before Lamelo Ball, oh, this Brutal. is terrible. Brutal. Kuminga uh, before Franz Wagner. Oh, this is m- even worse. Really bad. Really bad. Really, really bad. Bad, bad, bad. Like franchise-altering bad. And they obviously yeah. still have a championship-level team. But if you just add, if you just flip one of those where it's Lamelo or Wagner on the team instead Franz, of those guys. Like, this is really different. If they have Franz, I would probably pick them to win the title this year. Like, oh, yeah. Like flat out. They're like that level of player away from being like the favorite. Yeah. And they picked two players. They are so different yeah. from what their philosophy is, yeah. which I don't really understand. Like they are not two high level processor, like guys that process the game mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. They don't make good decisions. They are not pass heavy guards or well, wing of or centers. Yeah. And to and to their credit, they are those are high upside picks that I think if I were in charge of the Thunder, I would have probably made those two picks because I think like Wiseman before Lamelo. I mean, probably not that one, but I think I think Kaminga. I think Kaminga. Just because he's like the six eight wing, like he could create. He can by the time of the draft, we were Dude, so it, down. Yeah, his interview was so bad. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow, like like for the Warriors though, like yeah, I know that they need play finishers, but come on. Oh, the light years stopped somewhere. Now, yeah. now they're they were way behind when it comes to those draft picks, and mo- honestly, most draft picks. Yeah, great baby's right. Halliburton. We were so into Halliburton. Yeah, we were. If they picked Halliburton and Franz, yeah, they would be dominating. That would, have the been, that would have been a shock, like to pick with the number two pick, Halliburton. Um, nobody would have done that. I mean, you you just trade back and you get stuff. Yeah. You trade back with... Alberta at 12 is still weird by the day. There is no rumors of him being hey. prima donna or... It's just, just... Yeah, that was weird. Blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, that was really weird. Uh, okay, all right. That's a podcast for you on September 18th. Media Day is, is coming up. It's coming up quick. So um, we'll start doing our preview content that week. We're going to get some some really good stuff from Media Day. So just make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. There will be some YouTube exclusive stuff that's going to come up um, from Media Day that I'm really, really looking forward to um, recording and getting out to you guys. So be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. Uh, if you are watching right now, quite a bit of you are. If you please just like this video right now. Uh, that somehow helps us out with the uh, YouTube algorithm. So please do that. I uh, hope you guys are having an awesome day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.